So you're sitting outside and it starts to get dark. The stars are shining. It begins to get colder. You begin hearing the sounds of nocturnal animals creeping and fluttering about. Crickets, owls, bats, coyotes. Your mind starts to drift off and you wonder at the night sky. You look west where the sun has just set. Suddenly, you see it. Something strange is moving up there. Something weird. Whatever it is, it's big, bright, flashing, crazy, multicolored thing. And, oh my God, it's, it's following you. Run, run, run for your lives. They're here. We're being invaded and they're coming for you first. Oh, oh, no. Hey, wait. Oh, huh. That's just the planet Venus. Hi, I'm Mike Prokosh and welcome to Schoolyard Astronomy a podcast about astronomy education and events taking place in our little neck of the big piney woods of Huntsville, Texas and San Mason State University. Sometimes we see things in the night sky as astronomers that at first glance don't quite make sense. We know we're not seeing a star or a galaxy or a nebula, but we know that it's not, something's just not quite right about it. So, How can you identify what it is that you're seeing? First, let's talk about the visual difference between an airplane and a satellite. I want to start here because these two things are probably the most commonly common objects you can see in the night sky that can be mistaken for something unexplained. One of the easiest ways to identify a plane is to look for multiple lights. If your UFO has more than one light, and one, fairly cl- and, and one fairly close to each other, it's a plane. One of the lights is either is often red, and the plane will appear to blink. It can have almost any motion, north to south, east to west, north to west, and so on. Unlike satellites, they are visible all night long. Satellites are typically best seen within a couple of hours of sunrise or sunset, though this may vary depending on your latitude. Their apparent speed can vary depending on their altitude, but the main thing is, if it is close to sunrise or sunset, and it's one color, usually whitish, and not blinking, it's most likely a satellite. That being said, some satellites do occasionally flare up in brightness on occasion, as they tumble through, as they tumble through Earth orbit and can also disappear or blink out long before it would seemingly dip below your horizon. If it disappears on you, chances are it is passing through Earth's shadow. As for the flare-up, remember that most satellites have some sort of solar panels to collect power. Those panels reflect light as well as, as, as absorb light. To an observer on the ground, if the solar panel turns at the right moment, sunlight will be reflected down and the observer gets flashed. Sometimes I get asked the following question. Hey! What's that weird thing I keep seeing up at night? You know, it's really bright, kind of low on the horizon. My friends and I saw it through the trees, shining and flashing. It, it, It looked weird. What is it? Sometimes our imagination gets the better of us, and the facts of what we are seeing get mixed up with optical illusions and, for lack of a better word, fantasy. In this case, the observer is describing a particularly striking apparition of the planet Venus. Venus is bright, really bright. When it's up, only the moon appears brighter in the night sky. 
Venus is even bright enough to be seen in broad daylight if you do it right. But more on that on a later episode. Venus at its brightest is at magnitude minus 4.4 and can appear 15 times brighter than the minus 1.4 magnitude of Cirrus, the brightest star in the night sky. It's even so bright that if your skies are dark enough, it casts its own shadows. So if you see a bright star-like object close to the west or eastern horizon at the appropriate time at dawn or dusk, and it's not moving like an airplane does, more than likely it is the planet Venus. Jupiter can also appear bright, but not as bright as Venus. However, it doesn't However, it does go rather high up in the night sky and can sometimes go directly overhead if the time of year is correct. Okay, so what if the thing you're looking at didn't actually stay still but flashed very quickly and shot across the sky like a shooting star? Well, lately there has been a number of, uh, of sightings such as this, particularly here in Texas, of meteors or something. You see, about two weeks ago, two satellites an Iridium communication satellite, Iridium-33, and a defunct Russian satellite called Cosmos-2251 collided with each other, breaking apart and adding hundreds, perhaps thousands of pieces of space debris and junk to an already crowded low Earth orbit of about 15,000 pieces of trackable debris. Eventually, each piece will re-enter the atmosphere and burn up. When they do, they will light up the sky in much the same way as a meteor, the recent fireball sighting north of Austin, Texas was at first suspe suspected as being a large chunk of the space debris, but that is not the case. The main way to tell is by the speed. Man-made space debris travels fast, very fast, 17,000 miles per hour, but meteors move even faster, lots faster, like 108,000 miles per hour. So a man-made meteor will appear to move slower and remain in the night sky much and remain in the sky much longer. Colors can vary, but if it's green and sparking, it's probably man-made. Meteors are more often visible during meteor showers. Watch and see if there are more. If there are, and they seem to be coming from the same part of the sky, then you are seeing a meteor shower. The fireball over Austin happened during daylight, so the color is a bit hard to tell. But given how fast it was moving, it indicates that it must have been a meteor. Of course, knowing that, and plus the fact that they recently recovered two small pieces of it in a little town called West Texas, north of Waco, does kind of give a little bit more weight to the idea of it being a meteor and rather than space debris. I hope this explains some of the weird and unusual things that sometimes can be seen in the night sky. If you find yourself asking, what the heck is that? The best way to find out is to keep asking. Sooner or later, your UFO will become an IFO. This concludes this episode of Schoolyard Astronomy. This episode was written and read by Mike Prokosh. To find out more about Schoolyard Astronomy, please visit schoolyardastronomy.wikispaces.com.